through the navel, we are connected to not only our ancestors and our lineage, but we it's our it's our connection point to the origin. Hello and welcome to Mother the Mother. I am McLean McGowan. This podcast is an offering for all women to gather energetically, sister to sister, mother to mother, to co-create a sacred space for healing, educating, and sharing as we journey through motherhood and womanhood. It is such an incredibly powerful moment in time to be a woman, and I thank you for showing up on behalf of yourself and for all of the women in your lives, past, present, and future, to honor our matriarchal lines, all who came before, and all who will come after. Jema. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I'm McLean McGowan, your host. This is episode 40. I can't believe it. What was a dream and kind of felt like a wild hair to start this podcast is now on episode 40. And it feels like such an exciting thing to celebrate as we close this year out. I just am in such gratitude for all of you who listen and show up for yourself and your own mothers and grandmothers and daughters and sisters and friends. Um, We are co-creating this new future in the present time now and building new ways to be and to live and to support each other in new ways and be open to new ways of being in relationship and to being and to mothering and doing this thing called motherhood, which is so vast and ripe for lots of learning lessons. And the beat goes on always. So thank you so much. Ah, So many things to say. Just a real recap of what's going on with me. Looking so forward to some new things I'll be talking about early 2020, but continuing with my motherhood coaching sessions via Skype or FaceTime. Um, If you're in the LA area, we also can do in person, but I find for especially my new mama clients over the phone or computer is way easier and simpler for all of us because you can squeeze it in on baby nap time or even be nursing or have baby strapped on you or baby lying in the bed next to you. It really allows for uh, a deepening and a healing for your own mental and physical health uh, as you mother. And, And I'm here to support you. Also in the same vein, I am offering loss support and you know, just, I still, I have been offering that, but I am now becoming more vocal and telling you guys what I actually do. So um, if you are grieving in whatever part of your journey you're grieving, whether it's the loss of a pregnancy or a child or a partner or a parent, um, I am here to talk with you. And also, again, if you're in the LA area, I offer loss in home sessions with Reiki and some body work as well to help move some of that grief through the body. And that's all I'm going to say about that for right now. Today's guest, I am so excited to share. 
Sarah Naya Soleil is just an inspiration. Mm, I love her. We met at Spirit Weavers three years ago. She lives in New Jersey and many of you on the East Coast or New York or Brooklyn, New Jersey, uh, most likely know her. She is a birth doula as well as a spirit baby communicator and um, offers doula mentorship and all sorts of online courses, etc. She just, you know, she has the vibes of an old medicine woman uh, in a younger body. And she's just such an inspiration. And we had so much fun talking and all sorts of circular <laughs> motions. Because <laughs> again, all of these conversations are layers, right? And so it's it's not just one linear thought per topic. It They all feed upon one another. And I just wanted to actually read part of her bio because it's so beautifully expressed and it's just captures her essence in a way that, um, you know, she wrote it better than I can explain it. So I actually wanted to just explain her work via her bio and um, you'll get more of a sense of her, obviously, when you listen. Okay, so here it is. Sarah Naya Soleil's sequence of being conceived was the initial spark that ignited her passion for the invisible doorways and nonverbal realms that surround us. A mother of two, Sarah received the gift of experiencing a life-changing transcendent state of consciousness at the age of 20 during the four and a half hour birth of her son. This initiation led her to study midwifery and serve as a birth doula, which has been a part of her journey ever since. In continual awe of the ever-present and overflowing alchemy available, when the portal of creation opens, Sarah has attended over 200 births in hospital home and birth center settings. Consciously contemplating and engaging with the art of preconception and spirit baby communication for the last decade, Sarah's offered over 400 readings to clients and couples from around the globe. I just love that part of in continual awe of the ever-present and overflowing alchemy available when the portal of creation opens. That gives me chills. It's uh, so accurate. It's like if we can show up and be there and be present and have done the work during our pregnancy to really like know ourselves and have peeled back the layers, it is such a portal of just immense proportions. It is a portal as we move from maiden to mother and all that that entails. She's just an amazing resource. And uh, I think this is one of many interviews that we'll do because there's so many topics in her work that I'm just fascinated by. I hope you enjoy the listen. And I'm sending you all out so much love. When this episode airs, it will be Christmas Day. So I hope that you are where you want to be this holiday season. And even if you're somewhere where you may not 100% want to be, I offer for you to find some moments, some space, some time to yourself to really connect to the spirit of the holidays, to that which is pure love, supporting you always. And having some time to reflect on 2019 and what it's brought you, what you've called in, what you've released, what you want to con continue to call in, what you want to release more of, and just, you know, intentionally write it down or just think it and bring words to it and throw it on the funeral pyre energetically. 
I think the end of the year, the calendar year is really just such a poignant time to take stock out of our lives. Where have we shown? Where have we failed? What were our challenges? What were our wins? And just to feel it all without judgment. Uh, it's just more information of our own life, right? And knowledge is power. And then call in what we want for 2020. So exciting. I feel amped about this year. But wherever you are, may you be surrounded in love and blessings and light and do your meditations. Go outside for walks when you need to. Carve out that space to refill your cup so that you have a strong force field, that your auric field is strong and vibrant and full of light. So you're giving off that love to all around you. And you also have a beautifully protective barrier protecting you. So other people's projections or negative thoughts or political statements over the holiday table can just gently bounce away. You don't have to convince everybody to come to your side. We can just hold the paradoxes of life together for a couple days. Anyway, I love you. Thank you all so much for your support, for your feedback, for tuning in, for listening. And most importantly, for acknowledging yourself on your journey as a woman, as a mother, Jema. Hi, Sarah. Hi. How are you today? Yeah, I'm doing good today. Really excited to be sharing with you and talking about some really powerful things today. Yeah. Yes, I'm so happy to be sitting. We're doing this on a Zoom call, everybody. Sarah is in, are you in New York or New Jersey? I'm in New Jersey. New Jersey. And I'm yeah. in LA. So anyway, it's so great to see your face, your bright, shining face. <laughs> and um, I mean, even before we just, we're recording, it's like, I love being able to talk to sisters and we can go so deep so fast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thank you. And also you're a Scorpio, which I love. Yeah. It's, it's whenever I find out like women that I love and admire are Scorpios, I'm like, yeah, duh, obviously. <laughs> uh, so happy birthday. Oh, thanks. Um, so tell me, let's just jump right on in because there's so much to talk about. You are a spirit baby communicator. Can you explain mm-hmm. a little bit about what that is, A, and how that manifests in your work, and then also what brought you into the birth world because you're a master doula as well and and just kind of what you got on your journey. Sure. Yeah. So I think right off the bat, it's really fun to just define spirit baby communication. What is it? I think for some, it lands very mysteriously. Uh, maybe there's like an inkling or kind of a sense of what that is. Um, and for others, it's like there's not much of a point of reference for it. And and for some, it, it feels like Oh yeah, I, I know I know about that. So spirit baby communication is ultimately the way I define it is the art and practice of communicating with your unborn child or children. Uh, and yet I think it's a, a super powerful tool to also utilize um, in relationship to of course children who are in utero or maybe already born. And then if you expand out from there, it's really the practice of communicating beyond the five senses. And really working with those invisible realms, uh, which leads us to those on the other side of the veil, 
perhaps ancestors who are deceased or those who've yet to come. Uh, and, and for me, that's really the nutshell of it is it's this communication, uh, beyond linear time and space through those invisible worlds and realms and communicating with other souls and spirits who are again, just, um, making, uh, preparing to make their entrance or are in the process of making their entrance or perhaps they're here and, and perhaps they've already, they've already transitioned beyond this world. So it's, uh, it's, it's mundane and mystical all at the same time in my book. Yeah. And how did you tap into this or how did you know what you were doing or what, what this was? Right. Such a good question. <laughs> um, and, and it actually reminds me of uh, another session I did today. I did a session with a client and it was so beautiful to really name this. And this is the piece of, um, and this is something I like to talk about in the Spirit Baby Communication Mark. It's like, and I'll get more personal about it in a moment of how I discovered it inside of myself. But my, my experience is, uh, it's common that we ask this question of like, how do you do that? How do you know if you're doing that? How did that begin for you? And and those are certainly valid questions. But also, you know, a lot of the times my question, I just kind of flip it back around. I'm like, oh, well, when are we not doing that actually? And when is that not something that's occurring? And uh, and again, talking using this word a lot, like invisible. To me, it's a it's a form of communication that is very much happening in our day-to-day lives. But for most of us, we're not that conscious or aware of it or in touch or in tune with it. And that's ultimately because, from my experience, we've been conditioned away from those gifts and abilities that we have. Or, you know, certainly many of us have been told at a young age that ghosts aren't real, fairies aren't real. Um, No, you don't see your grandfather sitting in the room. He's gone already, sweetie. He died Mm. three years ago. You know, those moments. Um, And so... Uh, you know, I, I just always like to play with that in the beginning as we're talking about the work because ultimately my intention is to make it accessible or it does become, at least for me, right, a teaching tool or an opportunity to share with others, maybe in sharing my personal story with it or maybe in just reflecting, kind of holding that framework that this is actually something that's taking place most commonly in in all of our lives, but how much are we available or like how 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 receptive are we right yeah Yeah. oh that's so beautiful yeah Yeah. and just having the you know the the intention to slow down or to quiet Mm. enough to listen because i feel like we you know our society doesn't really support that so it's so beautiful that you're educating because i would have loved to know more of that you know about that even before i conceived so i really i mean i talked to both of mine so much throughout the whole pregnancy, but just what you said briefly about beyond the five senses is so beautiful too. Mm. And even as our babies are here with us, still Mm. allowing for that, because I think it can also be like, oh, they're here now. And so it's like, it's all physical. And then, but it's not, it's like all the things all the time. (laughs) Right. It's like, it's how your daughter wakes up next to you in the middle of the night Mm. after a really powerful dream that you just woke up from. And she looks at you and Mm. says, mama, where were we? Mm. And you're like, wait, what? (laughs) I just Um, got chills. Right. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's it's even though they're yeah. here, there's also there there are many many forms of communication, many ways in which we are mm. 
communicate. And I think so many of the times, like when there's a block or a struggle or like maybe an illness or something we're trying to decode or what school should my child go to? What care provider should I hire for my child? Do my, does my child need an alternative therapy? You know, interestingly enough, spirit baby communication, it's being labeled as that, but this, this way of moving through the world can be applied to your mothering journey all the way through. It's very powerful. Yeah. Just got yeah. chills again. I mean, that's oh, good. able to tap into that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm so into all of this. Yeah. Um, just to be able to tap into that that greater knowledge, you know, yeah. that is available to all of us because, you know, that's just something that I see so much in my postpartum work too. And, and maybe it's LA, mm. but maybe it's just our culture of having yeah. experts, you know, and like yeah. you're an expert, I'm technically an expert, but it's like, you know, it's always about the mom and the baby's connection is higher yeah. than anything. So I think it's, just, it's so incredible to right. really educate that and, and right. underline exclamation point. Like that is the most important. Right. And I think why that gets tricky as much as it's something to be restored and mm-hmm. honored and celebrated, it's vulnerable. It's, it's a little bit could be perceived as like isolating, like I'm supposed to have all the answers. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. You know, I think that can be a vulnerable thing for that to be like, yeah, you know, mommy, you know best, you know more than anyone. It's like, Mm -hmm. well, ah, I don't, like, I don't feel like I know. And I feel like we're interestingly enough in this like in-between place where we do know, we do have all the answers inside and there's something about having guidance, mentorship. You know, it's, it's one thing to go to an expert And for me, at least when I work with someone one-on-one, like I do make it really clear up front, this is an honor of your sovereignty. So I'm never going to tell you how it is, what you need to do, you know, what you should do, but I'm going to give you a lot to reflect on. And I'm going to, you know, that's really, at least for me, the difference between, because I have single readings, I have these mentorship containers for spirit baby communication and the mentorship series Uh, For me, and what I've learned about what a mentor is, is it's someone who is really listening, like engaged. And in in that way, right, for me, like listening beyond the five senses. I had this session today as well where I was just like, oh my God. It was like I was, of course, right, listening to my client share her story, share her experience. And we're engaging in the 3D. And then I'm hearing like literally three other conversations at once. And my words started to get jumbled. And I was like, I was getting like, not yelled at, but like, like, you know, it was like so persistent. This one conversation was so loud. It was taking up so much space. I had to just be like, hold on. <laughs> like, there's too many people talking. Hold on. Like, wow. Sequential, sequential order. Like, we have to honor, like, this soul's having a 3D experience, and I need to be able to, like, write, relate, and communicate this conversation. And, and yes, I know there are other conversations. Yes, I know this is all leading into everything. It's all, like, going to stream together, but I'm a little off topic now. But, um, you know, I think mentorship is, is, in the way that I'm talking about it, is, being able to navigate multiple dimensions, multiple realms, uh, multiple messages at once, and then help someone. Like, how do you make that tangible for someone to find right. their own way? Um, right. So, in my work, I'm never, well, like yeah. I said, like telling someone what to do. But what I do my best to do is like open up the field of possibilities, invite clarity, mm-hmm. invite um, greater receptivity and understanding of a particular scenario or situation or challenge. And how do you open that up and create space between the layers and 
for integration so that the spiritual lesson could be activated. And it's just, it's yummy work. But yeah. God, I want to be a fly on your wall, like listening to all of your conversations. So that one you were just talking about, was that a baby in utero or was that just a soul kind of floating around? Or Yeah. So with this kind that I just mentioned, she's pregnant um, mm-hmm. and she is a few weeks along and she's had a miscarriage in her past. And yeah, it was just um, really beautiful. It's For her particularly, without giving away the details, there's something so beautiful about her journey in that her her service in the world, her soul's mission, her work in the world is very, very informed by her dance with creation. And I don't know that that's incredibly unique. I find it brilliant, fascinating, exquisite, all the things. But the more I do this work, I've done over 400 readings, the more I dive in. And and you said, you know, you want to be a fly on the wall. Like the observer mind in me, the human in me does feel like the fly on the wall in these sessions. There are so many moments where I'm like just watching it going, whoa, (laughs) this is amazing. Like, because I don't make it, you know, I'm not making it up. I'm not, I'm not sourcing from my 3D mm, mind to mm. unravel these mysteries. I don't even pretend like I'm just as much like in awe or like a witness to the magic that unfolds, which makes it so incredible. But, you know, with, I think this isn't, I think this is exquisite, but not necessarily unique that like the multifaceted spheres of our life or the way that we express ourselves through the world creation or our journeys within the childbearing uh, years or rites of passage or I would even I would even zoom out and say like the blood mysteries mm-hmm. right so mm-hmm. um, menstruation and the first menarche and of course um, uh, menopause and and everything in between I, I no longer cease to be amazed when you know mm-hmm. our dance with creation in that way through our lives in these female bodies is also, dialoguing with and connected to the other spheres of our life and the other ways that we express ourselves. So of course that impacts like intimate relationships, um, family, um, our families and our lineages, our ancestors, um, our work in the world and and many other things. Yeah. It's it's really wild. Yeah. Yeah. It's Mm. so many different variables. I mean, does that ever get... Like, how do you ride that wave? Like, do, is that ever overwhelming or to like, do the what, work? How, yeah, to do the work and or just yeah. to, like witness it all because it's almost like, how yeah. do you, how do you, you stay know? sane? Yeah, like, how do you like go to the grocery store to like do carpool? Like, like when you're like, ethers of amazing. It, it becomes comical. Actually. You're wow. like, I don't know. The three most holy words, right? Like, I don't know. I know nothing. Like, the more you know, the less you know. Um, yes. And it does oh become like a cosmic so joke. True. And I find that like, if I'm not laughing, I'm like really taking it way too seriously because mm-hmm. um, in order to, right, like ride that wave, as you mentioned, well, it's been such a journey of initiation, right? There certainly have been moments where like, I'm crazy. I'm absolutely crazy. I must be making this up. And that's a question I get a lot is like, how do I know it's not just like me willing a certain answer when I ask this question? Like I do your meditations and how do I know I'm not making this up? And, you know, there's a great dialogue we can have about the difference between our imagination and clairvoyance. There's absolutely a difference. And that is such, that is, that in and of itself, certainly a big piece 
But that in and of itself is such a chunk of like that greater initiation and journey because just right there, there's so much discernment that needs to be refined. Mm -hmm. And we have to get really, um, well, we get to get really, like we get to, right? And we don't have to, but we, when we engage in that process, if we choose to, we get to get really honest and raw and naked with ourselves because, you know, a lot of the times our imagination is very much woven into the tapestry of our emotions, of the more 3D world, of our desires, of our ego, of illusion, of projections, fear, doubt, you know? So it takes a lot of sorting through and sifting through to truly be, I think, in integrity. It takes a lot of just like humility and honesty and again, willing to be naked, willing to be real. Like like another thing I'll say to like potential clients when we, I do discovery calls for 20-minute discovery calls for anyone who's interested in potentially working with me for more than one session. And um one of the things I often share too is like, I'm never just going to make something up. I'm never just going to, like, if I don't, ha- if there right. isn't a connection that is made, there isn't a message, I'm not just going to like force say something. I'm right. not just going to like, like fill the time. Not going to fill the time. I'm not going to yeah. say something you want to hear to make you feel better. You know, I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm not just like making this up. And so, you know, it's vulnerable because I think. Like for me, I've even had to face that in a really big way to be able to like move through and hold these sessions as deep as I have. I think it's been like to be that vulnerable and say, yeah, it's not me. I actually step out of the way and I just become empty and I become the witness and the listener. And I still hold that role of like guide and facilitator. It's very dynamic as uh, you know, I illustrated earlier with like so many conversations happening at once. It can be like a, like being in a loud crowded room, but there have been a couple moments where it's just like still or quiet and getting so honest, you know, certainly I had to face a lot of these things within my own journey prior to being able to gift it to others or give it to others. So I would say I've been on this journey for 13 years, but I've only given private sessions beginning three to four years back. And, uh, and, you know, there's a reason for that. It's, there's something really important about, well, for me, I would just, I won't make it about anyone else. For me, I've really acknowledged that this is a, I feel like this is my life's work. I don't feel like this is something I like learned on Friday and started teaching on Monday, you know, not, not pointing any fingers, just saying like, this has been (laughs) a journey. And I don't, I don't think it's, yeah, it's a life's work. It's a life's work for sure. Which, you know, that's a whole other conversation, but I do think, Mm -hmm. I mean, even as you're sharing, I'm just thinking like OG healer, like medicine woman to be that humble and also that open and to really be able to sit with yeah, I don't know. Or like, yeah, that's really yeah. interesting. Wasn't expecting that. I mean, to, to be in that mind of the, you know, ever-present student, like those are the uh-huh. people I want to go to, you know? Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's one thing I love about Spirit Weavers, you know, the first year I went and being mm-hmm. with the elders and mm-hmm. meeting you there and just, you know, it's not like Instagram beautiful little squares, you know, yeah. after of healing of like a weekend, which like, that's fine. You know, and we it's all fine. start somewhere, yeah. but it's, it's fine. Yeah. We are, I think coming back to creating that village for ourselves and the next yeah. generations, you know, cause we've kind of like lost a lot of it. And then, so now yeah. it's just coming back. Um, yeah. 
And that kind of feeds into what we started with this whole conversation of just like the lineage piece of, you know, we have that deeper knowing and that intuition, but we haven't really seen it activated. And, you know, our mothers, our grandmothers, our great grandmothers, or at least I certainly didn't, where they would take their own intuition above everything else. And so it's such a beautiful kind of healing right. where we can come back to it and then hopefully change it, you know, for these next generations. Yeah. And I think because it's not being modeled frequently or often exactly. or much, if at all, how is it rediscovered? How is it resurrected? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, in the trinity of birth, death, and resurrection, if we use that as an analogy, well, we're born and then some, there, need, there, there are, um, in my personal journey, what it was for me, it was a series of deaths, mm-hmm. not physical deaths, um, metaphysical deaths deaths of the ego, the release of these conditions and preconceptions, which sometimes, you know, we go dragging ourselves through the mud as they're dying. It can look very messy (laughs) and it can feel like something is being torn apart from us that we like, oh, you know, it just can be such heartache in that way. And I think in other times it's like, oh, good riddance, like, thank God, like, yes, liberate me from this. And we're just like dancing in the rain. It can look so many ways, but certainly, however it comes, it comes. And I think facing those like dark nights of the soul and like really doing that deep raw work within ourselves, what I've found is that that is what has, you know, it doesn't all have to be like messy and dark. Like I said, dancing in the rain can be, it can also be like a, a celebratory looking in the mirror of like, oh, I'm more than what I've been told. Oh, I, you know, there is more to this life than what I've been shown. And and uh, I'm going to go my own way. You know, it's, I, this has come up for me. It's in the field from this week, but there's this, I can't recommend it enough. It's David White and he has this, he's a poet and there's a recorded talk he gave called The Poetry of Self-Compassion. It's exquisite. Mm-hmm. And I've listened to it probably a hundred times. And every time I listen to it, I get something new and I bawl my eyes out. <laughs> it's so beautiful. And wow. this poem, this part of the poem, this has come up twice this week where it's like, you know, he's asking like, uh, in the poem, it said, there's this one line that says, did you go your own way? And he describes it as the moment where we're asked, like, was it our failure? Was it us? Who, was, it, was I the one who failed? Or was I, was I um, led by someone else? Was I told which way to go by someone else? So it's like something about facing ourselves, again, getting raw and honest and receiving receiving our destinies, receiving the greater life that is meant for us. And that that is an, that often requires because of our modern world and how I would say addicted we are to the five senses and how conditioned we've become and how asleep, mm-hmm. you know, we just are not out of anger, not out of blame or pointing fingers, but like, you know, there's something about at, at some point, like it does to a certain degree require this moment of like going our own way and failing or having those dark moments or having to face ourselves and how from that pressure and heat and friction and intensity or discomfort or even glory, you know, a diamond is born or like we discover that greater life or like, why are we really here? And so for me, I can ultimately trace my personal journey with spirit baby communication all the way back to my experience preconception leading up to this lifetime. And That isn't something that came overnight or that wasn't something I should say that was revealed to me, but it overnight, but 
over, I, I, I refer to time as a sacred ingredient. And mm-hmm. I would say that like through the course of time as a sacred ingredient and through choosing to kind of quote unquote, go my own way, I have, it feels like, you know, it fell into my lap or it feels just like such a blessing from, from the, you know, the higher powers that be, but it's, but it's a continual journey of learning mm-hmm. and um, growth and, and yeah, stripping away the layers. And, uh, and I wanted to get to that one question, just touch on it. Cause you're like, how do you ride that wave? How do you stay sane? And that's huge. And that's certainly a thing. Uh, because what I've discovered is that when we are primarily relying on our sixth sense, <laughs> there's five senses are not all bad. <laughs> we are in a body because yeah. <laughs> there's a reason for being in a body. Right. There's a purpose to this madness. There's a method to this madness. And and the five senses should not be necessarily demonized by any means. Mm-hmm. But um, when we are uh, you know, utilizing our sixth sense so much or in those upper chakras so much, it can absolutely create actually illness in the body. It can create certainly like, um, I think it can influence our mental health. You know, it's, it's, it's definitely, again, not something I take lightly and not something I, it's something that requires tending to. It's a gift. Uh, we, and in many ways we all have it, but it does very much. It has required of me, uh, I would say, what are the words? Like, integration it really has Mm. uh at the level at which i'm uh offering this work because i maybe do like 10 sessions a week right so Mm. and it's become a way of life right so it's a cosmic joke it's light it's all of these things but i would also say it's like it's become a devotional practice my body Mm. has invited me into a devotional practice of like like i feel like i'm continually being offered the opportunity to like uh go deeper into my physical body and recognize that it's not all about going up and out and using these higher uh, chakras or extrasensory perceptions, but it's about the integration of the whole. And so as above, so below, like like a tree, like it has its roots and it has its branches, but without right. its roots, those branches don't even exist. So right. I feel like I'm it's coming- like a full embodiment. Exactly. It's like I'm, I'm learning and discovering how to become that total energy field as opposed to just like up and out, but like mm-hmm. up and out, down and in. Right. <laughs> and then oh circulate it. What, a, circulate what an it. image. Circulate yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Wow. So powerful. So what do oh. you, do you do specific practices before and after a reading or like in the beginning yeah. of your day, the end of the day, like how yeah. do you kind of, <laughs> there's this yeah, one practice that. <laughs> that has been absolutely a life changer and i didn't think we were going to talk about this that's pretty neat and so you know sometimes i'll share this in a, a session or like in some of my in some of my webinars or something but um so what is the midway point right what is the middle what is the middle of let's say we're just talking about like our crown and then like our feet and our roots the middle is the navel and uh, interestingly to note, the navel is the first aspect of our body that develops uh, in the womb, mm-hmm. in utero, prior to our brain, prior to our heart. So the navel, through the navel, we are connected to not only our ancestors and our lineage, but we, it's, our, it's our connection point to the origin. It's our origin point. It's 
a deeply spiritual place on our body that is often overlooked. I think mm-hmm. what's common is some people are like, oh my God, don't touch my belly button. Or like, oh, I don't like my yeah. belly button. Or like, yeah. oh, my belly button's really sensitive. Like, or, you know, that's not uncommon. Mm-hmm. Others, you know, it's just more neutral or like just something we don't often think about or talk about or anything of that nature. But one of my main practices right now is something called belly button healing. And it's mm-hmm. literally like pumping our navel, pumping the navel. Um, there's mm-hmm. like a device you can use. It, it looks really phallic and very awkward. And I get stopped through airport security oh, all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and people pull it out and they're like, oh my God, like, what is that? You know, and I'm like, oh my God. I'm like, you put it in that your is belly hilarious. button. Yeah. And they're like, wait, what? like it's not a dildo. <laughs> <laughs> oh Although my God. It's effect, amazing. Right. It has the effect of like literally pumping. Um, wow. circulating your all of like the um the lymphatic system is like resonant around the navel like two-thirds oh of it or at least like a grand portion of it and then all the meridians connect and all the all of our main organ systems connect at our navel so you're literally like circulating um wow. and stimulating it's like giving yourself energy cpr it's the best way I can describe it. I want it. I want it. How do you, how do we do this? <laughs> I have a code. I want all of that. <laughs> <laughs> you can order it and it gives you like a free six week course and a book. Yeah, it's called Belly Button Healing. And uh, honestly, Belly like healing. five to 10 minutes a wow. day, three times a day. It's like one of my biggest things. Um, and it's amazing. How did you do it? My mom. Oh my gosh. Go mom. <laughs> <laughs> my mom my mom she was trying to get me to do this for so long and I was like you are not I'm not sticking that in my belly but <laughs> uh, like oh no no God. just try it you know it's like oh my god um they have children's they have children belly button healing ones they have like a it, it can be used by children or adults as like a travel size um so yeah I don't leave home without it it's my life wow but does this help Go your immune to. system? I mean, I would it assume your it does immune system. Limp. Absolutely. Yeah, it helps wow. everything. Like I will have wow. openings in my shoulders or neck just because I'm pumping my navel. And and yeah, so it's considered heaven's palace. It's where heaven's energy enters and exits the body. It's called heaven's gate. Oh my God, I've got um, chills. Yeah, it's potent. And I cannot so recommend this enough for women who are having like, conception challenges it's mm. it's really powerful practice because it, it's it's waking everything up it's like bringing everything into what we call like optimal um physical condition it takes the fire down out of our head brings it into our womb and our digestion and our second chakra which is that creation station and it, it brings the fire up from the kidneys and it cools our mind and it cools our thoughts and emotions and it creates that that natural receptivity that is often so underlooked and so helpful and supportive to those of us who are struggling to conceive or digest our reality or, you know, many other things, create, create the life of our dreams. Yeah. Wow. And it makes sense. I mean, when you're saying all that, it makes sense. And my mind is blown. And, you know, (laughs) I never thought about the belly button thing. And then a couple of months ago, actually, our pediatrician, who's an osteopath, she was doing teaching me some muscle testing with homeopathy and cool. she always has you test the homeopathic at your navel. 
Um, because it's the, the the source of life and it's yes. like the swirl that starts your whole being. Yes. Yes. I mean, I don't understand <laughs> all, but that makes sense. I think sense. you do. It's I think it's really you know? I think you just understood it. <laughs> wow. Next level. Okay. Far That's out. I did not think going. we were going to talk about that. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, you know, maybe we'll have to do a couple podcast interviews too, because like, there's so much that you do and offer, so which is incredible. Much. Oh my God. Um, do you, just taking back to kind of like maybe who would be seeking you out, do you find that mm-hmm. infertility at, is at a higher level mm-hmm. than a decade ago? And, yes. and what is it? I mean, it doesn't seem like it can just all be environmental. I mean, it feels like it's yeah. a mixture of a lot of things, but yeah. what, what is your thoughts yeah. about that? That's a great question. I think that um, infertility rates are certainly on the rise. I think that that absolutely is influenced by um, environmental factors and toxins and such. But I also believe that technology, as it likes to do, right, is advancing and uh, and there is such a focus now on um, fertility treatments and procedures and practices. And so what I'm finding is that more often than not, you know, of course, what's also happening, uh, just like it's you know natural evolution of things, but women have more rights, more independence. Um, you know, we're really like, what an what a revolution and what a beautiful revolution. And yet, a lot of women are waiting right until their mid thirties or late thirties to conceive and start families. And so, I think that's a factor that we are, you know, like the the average age of women conceiving are like is on the rise also. And I think for pretty much that's really just been the case in the last hundred years. I think if we look farther than that, what we're discovering is like, yeah, it was more common for like hundreds, if not thousands of years that women were conceiving earlier on. So like early twenties or even sometimes before that. So like late teens to like mid twenties was like probably uh, more, I don't want to say fashionable, but like that was the lifestyle. So our lifestyles have really shifted dramatically um, just in one to two generations. And so I think that's just a factor, just something to like interesting, consider it, you know, as like a part of the puzzle. But I think that because that in combination with like the advancement of technology or the, what I can say, like even advertisement of technology, you know, I think that because it's so accessible, so to speak, not that it's financially accessible necessarily, but it's just... Western medicine is like, oh, just do this, then do this, then do this. We have right. a formula for that. Like, oh, you well, have don't to worry about in it. two it's, months. Yeah. yeah, we have a formula yeah. for that. Oh, you need to get, you want to get pregnant now because you've like, you created your whole life around this timeline and it's not happening. We have a formula for that. So I don't say that as a judgment. I don't say that I don't really truly believe there's one way or necessarily a right way. Um, I think the different sequences create different patterns in and imprinting and that's like a whole nother conversation but it's still not a judgment it's just like observation or just like i find it fascinating i think what i'm getting to is that because technology has advanced in a certain direction and it's so accessible so to speak um and a lot of women are waiting later on and they kind of you know we're building our lives around uh for better or for worse and not to say this is always the motivation but it's like get that career you know get a partner buy a home not that like you know not like that's the only way it happens but there's such an emphasis on that it's an observation yeah there's such an emphasis it's like the the kind of like what we're shown is like success and that's what you do totally um and i think just like it's like a it's i wouldn't call it a storm Mm. but it's like the soup like with all these ingredients involved 
I think what we're seeing is that fertility treatments are being utilized whether or not they're actually appropriate or necessary. Um, you know, it's, I, I don't feel like women are going through proper screenings or diagnoses. I think it's just like rather convenient and it supports and fits the lifestyle that most of us are living and it's accessible and it just, you know, has become more of like what you do. And when I work with, I find that um, when I'm working with couples, I'm having success with couples conceiving who have been, you know, who have already had failed IVF treatments or have worked with fertility specialists. And, you know, we do a nine month container together and, and three months in there conceiving. So, you know, I think it's, I can't, I don't promote myself as like, you know, I'm not like, oh, work with me and I guarantee you'll conceive. Um, that's right. never like the number one focus. It's certainly like a common byproduct of the work I do with people. But that's because like there is, what's interesting about these fertility treatments is like, they're looking at things very, again, scientifically, biological, physical, like one of the clients I worked with today, she's like biologically, physically, like she gets pregnant quick and easy. All of her like HCG levels and like all of her tests come back like gold stars and her body does not hold the pregnancy past the first trimester. And she's had a series of miscarriages, many, many. And, um, and, but she bounces back from them. Like she doesn't actually have, um, like her body doesn't, her miscarriages aren't super painful or like, like, I wouldn't say they would go undetected. It's, but it's like more of a heavy period, less of like, like Mm -hmm. she doesn't feel like she's like having contractions or laboring away at these miscarriages. They take place. And then she's like, you know, she said she did a DNC one day and the next day she, she was running. And that she felt great and fine and perfect. Like her body just bounces right back. And what is that? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think when we're looking at it, like to me in that circumstance, it's like, okay, biologically, physically, sure. There's like a disconnect. The body doesn't carry the baby beyond a certain point. But ultimately, like when I'm looking at a situation like that, for example, like I am, I do think I'm a good person for someone in that situation because everything else checks out. Like there's a lot of situations where people are going in for these treatments and the end result is like, we really don't know why you're not getting pregnant and keeping it. We don't know because everything looks good. And I think when that's the case, it's ultimately because it's, it's as like we've talked about different dimensions and spheres and the way they kind of dance together and relate. Um, to me, like having a child is, Walter McKinnon talks about, uh, he wrote the book Spirit Babies, communicating with the baby you're meant to have. And it's a great book. And he talks about how like there's a, a soul contract that actually gets formed in the higher realms by everyone at the level of their higher selves and their souls. And um, and when there's like a, oftentimes when there's like a challenge in conceiving, it's because there's like a hiccup, so to speak, in the contract. Mm-hmm. And that can be between the partners themselves. That can be between the soul of the baby to be and perhaps maybe like the father or the mother or you know it can be a triangulation it can actually ripple out into to me there are multiple destiny threads being woven into a spirit baby contract not necessarily just the family like the mom let's say like the triad of like in a very like traditional sense mom dad baby you know i think it, it it's also inclusive often of like the lineages and the ancestors mm-hmm. and who's still like in their physical bodies versus who's not and like i think it's i think it's actually quite more complicated than we realize <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah and sometimes that wow. comes really clear through the sessions and sometimes not so much and i feel like i'm a little bit in the weeds but all interesting things yeah 
No, and and I love what Walter says too about you know having your your mind, body, spirit be a place where your baby mm-hmm. would want to come into. You know, mm-hmm. so you can be so healthy and like tons of money and the perfect house, the perfect partner, mm-hmm. and yet like you hate your job. You know, and mm-hmm. you're super stressed every day. Like that's it's kind of like a dumb moment, but I see so many people living that way. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And in LA, I most of my clients are all in their late thirties, forties. I mean, mm-hmm. I got. I conceived with my first at 32 and I felt like a child, you know, mm-hmm. like a child bride. I'm like, am I too young to be pregnant? I'm like, no, you're 32. <laughs> like, cause it just shifted so much. But most of my clients are getting that feedback of everything's great and your yeah. partner, like everything's golden. Yeah. You're healthy. There's, there's nothing wrong. And it's nothing like, wrong. Why am I not getting year, pregnant? <laughs> exactly. And it's years and years and years of major detoxing and the cleanest diet and all the juices yeah. and all the Reiki and, and so there, there has to be a missing piece, you know? Yeah. And that's, that's really where I love to come in and be like, mm, let's, let's explore. Like, let's, let's get honest and let's get really um, open with ourselves in the moment and, and the prayers that we're holding. Wow. And, and yeah, what, what, what can we unravel here? What can we, what can we start to, like, um, it's kind of like opening a treasure box. But yeah. Yeah. So I think that's actually a good oh, point is that, for people who do, for example, just a single session with me, and whether it's a single session or a mentoring container, the first session I do with anybody is always 90 minutes. Mm-hmm. And I generally recommend the mentorship container. Single sessions are okay. I, I haven't done them for three or four years unless I'm at like an in-person gathering. But just now in like January 2020, I'm going to be opening up the option for just doing a single session. It's a lot, meaning... The reason why I don't usually do it is because it's kind of like opening up not only a treasure box, but it can feel like Pandora's box of like, whoa, right. um, it's a lot. So anyway, having multiple sessions allows individuals to kind of have that touchstone to come back to and go, okay, right. I've had some time to integrate that. Now let's go deeper. Let's go deeper. Because, okay, yeah. talk about like unraveling this piece and like, what is this like mysterious component like that isn't necessarily mm-hmm. biological or physical talked about earlier the sacred ingredient of time and so there is a sequential order to the lessons we're here to learn and so i will absolutely have the experience and this is where i've had to get really like humble and honest with myself there i cannot tell you how many times i've been in session or been talking with what feels like more of like a friend and i'm shown a piece and then instantly after i'm shown that piece i'm shown don't you dare say a word Whoa. And I'm like, okay, like it doesn't feel fair because it's like, well, then why are you telling me? You know, but um, what I've been, I feel like I'm in this internship with, you know, these, these guides. I I don't even want to name them or like put it into a box, but it feels like that's why this is like a life's work. And and so it's this experience of um, there's a, what I've learned from those moments time and time again, tried and true, so willing to trust this at this point, but it's taken time, is to understand that, like I said, there's a sequential order to the lessons we're here to learn. And so in that, the good news is we can all be liberated right now. We're we're not fucking it up. We can't fuck it up and everything's going to be fine. Um, So hallelujah, like let's, you know, let's go have a party. But, but what, you know, the the purpose also of the mentorship container is like, let's give some time and space for all these kind of messages and lessons to kind of arrive in divine timing Mm. and order. It doesn't actually, I've learned, it doesn't actually serve 
for me to just go in, take a look and be like, this is it and hold it up and be like, okay, this is it. Because, right, there's that, there's that divine timing, there's that divine order. We're actually all here, like on a quest, on a treasure hunt. <sighs> and so it's just being willing to take that next piece and that next step and that next step in front of us. And so having that, again, the length of the container allows for more to be revealed in divine timing and order, which calls in greater grace. And in my opinion, and this is just a piece I like to share, is like it helps us what I call activate the highest vibrational path forward. It's like only in grace at this point, at least for me, only in grace. It doesn't mean life is always butterflies and rainbows, but like I choose grace. I choose grace as a mechanism for growth. But what I've been able to create through lots of trial and error and learning is like, okay, if someone just wants a single session, I do a 90 minute reading and I've created something called a soul medicine app journey. And so I just, we kind of go through this, it feels like a very alchemical process where that person tells me actually very little about themselves. Uh, Maybe they set an intention for what it is that they'd like to really hold, like we can hold that space together, that the, the purpose of the reading is for a particular intention. But just like I said, how creation dances with the many spheres of our life, and they're kind of one and the same, not separate you know, what often happens in an initial session through this process is that we're able to go through this kind of journey that I've mapped out. And it basically, without that person saying much, I can just kind of call forward the most relevant, potent, and honorable, like in integrity, like here are all of the messages, the bits and pieces of insight, the activations we can kind of, you know, stimulate or like play with like right off the bat, like here's just like a huge collection of like everything that's like in your energetic field that is ready to be witnessed, made conscious and ignited into spiritual food so that you can take the next step in your life, which often leads to like a lot, like more than a step. It's often like most people at the end of that session are just like, whoa, (laughs) did you record that? I'm going to have to go listen to that a few more times. Like I'm booking another session. I know, which is why I stopped doing it because I was like, this is ridiculous. But I think, I think it's digestible now, especially if the recording is also provided. Yeah, they can, they can circle back to it. (laughs) But it is such a, a really beautiful, I love that. And, and what is it? With grace or in grace? Yeah, with grace. Yeah. With grace. I love yeah. that because, yeah. I mean, I can, I'm, I think, a rarity and feel so yeah. lucky that I never really, quote unquote, tried to get pregnant and I never uh-huh. have had a loss, you know, uh-huh. which uh-huh. the older I get and the more women I talk to, like, that's pretty rare. Yeah. Um, so I don't yeah. ever want to be like flip at all when talking about loss and death because I know it's such a huge monumental thing that women go through um, and their partners. But in, within, within the book Spirit Babies, it really opened my, my eyes up into these little souls saying, no judgment. I'm just coming when the container's really ready to drop in. Like how, how does that manifest in your work, the death piece or the loss piece, whether it's abortion mm-hmm. or stillbirth or miscarriage? Like how... Has that been showing up for you and your clients? And then how does that kind of offer healing for the mom? Mm -hmm. I love this topic. And so, yes, I, I, we've definitely, you and I, I know we've touched on this before. And so just for our listeners, Mm -hmm. I'll just kind of put it into this 
snapshot here. Like what I, the question I think we're extracting from this is like, what is the purpose of struggle and loss? Or is there a purpose in struggle and loss? And so spirit baby communication in general, I think is a fabulous tool for this piece, especially I have three client profiles. So there are like three clients, like three natures of clients that I love, that I really think this work really serves. Uh, one of them is like people who are can, like, know they want to be moms in the future, or maybe they just started trying, or maybe they're in that window of conception and they're just looking to like, I call it fertility enhancement. It's like enhancing one's receptivity, clearing the blocks mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually. Then there is uh, the childbearing year. So nourished, like really invoking and inviting this connection to strengthen and deepen and understanding like what is the soul mission and purpose of my child and how does that influence or connect to or inform or enhance my own. And then the third profile is um, healed, which is uh, for those who've experienced uh, pregnancy-related trauma or loss, whether that's abortion, like you said, stillbirth, um, early-term miscarriage, late-term miscarriage. Um, and, and really all the other ways it can show up. And so I think that, you know, even this can be a lot for some and for others, you know, we're hungry for it. And for others are like, yes, yes, I can feel it. And it's okay. We're all on the same journey home in my opinion. So, you know, it's this, Mm -hmm. is there a purpose to struggle and loss? And then, and then what is the purpose of struggle and loss? And how does one integrate, right? The purpose of struggle and loss. And I would say, from all the work I've done, the research I've done, like where I'm at now in my journey, I would say for me, what is true is that there is a purpose to struggle and loss. Um, and often um, I perceive it or I energetically, visually through my third eye see it as like a flame, like a, like a, like a lighter, like a spark of light. Like there's this spark of light. There's a meeting with creation that takes place. And for, for a myriad of reasons, right? It's so unique to that configuration of souls, like why there's the loss again, if it's an abortion versus a stillbirth versus a miscarriage, like there's different sequences, there's different ways it unfolds. And yet I find that like maybe the common thread theme is that it's this, not necessarily instant, but like this sequence of like dancing with creation and that there's this, this spark of light that takes shape. And it is meant to, in my opinion, if not, not always, but maybe most, if not always, like meant, it is meant to ignite the light within us. Um, so it is there to create that spark. It's almost like there to be like, remember, remember. It's, mm-hmm. it's almost like, you know, if you can imagine like pushing a stone against another stone and like creating that like ignition, that light, that spark. It's like, remember, remember this light is who you are. And of course, it often comes with like many emotions or it can feel like a punishment or that like life is happening to us, not for us. And this is where we really start to tip the scale. It's like, ah, but what if, what if there is a purpose to the struggle and loss? And what if um, life is actually happening for us, not to us? And that, you know, I think that is kind of like the tipping point that can come through this work or that I would invite people to kind of reflect on um and and i think then from that place right there's all the unique configurations and so there's ways to go deeper into discovering what the purpose is of that 
loss that we experience or that trauma. But I think, again, if I just like from all my work, I would narrow it down to that. It's like it's that dance of creation that ignites a spark of remembrance that is there to help us remember who we really are. Wow. Mm. That's deep. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, as we were talking about before we even started recording, how, you know, we, we view death as such a negative and yeah. it is just as big or prominent as life or birth. Yeah. I mean, it's just yeah. part of it, you know, it's birth so and death. They, they're like yeah. equals. Can't they're have equals. one without the other. <laughs> right. And uh, yeah. exactly. And, and really using that as our touchstone daily. I mean, my, my death mentor, uh, for lack of a better word, Olivia, who mm. she's on the podcast, but her daily meditation every morning is being so okay with dying. Like she has mm. to get to that point of being okay with her own death to move mm. throughout her day, you know, with, mm. with beauty and loving her life even more, which I mm. think is just a simple shift in the lens, you know, that lens mm. that you were talking about instead of just taking mm. it as like, this is something, you know, I'm suffering through or it's been done to me of just really cracking that lens, you know, or a little bit or just shifting the lens rather. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And again, not being like, I'm not trying to be flip about it, but I think mm-hmm. there's so much in our our culture, in the wellness world too, is like, everything's a lesson and, and yay mm-hmm. and learn it, but mm-hmm. we don't want to, we don't really want to look at it. You know, it's it's easy to say that on the surface, but to really embody it and feel it and take it on as Mm -hmm. this is a lesson and a rite of passage that I have to go through. Mm -hmm. I mean, I look, I look at that like postpartum suffering that I went through, you know, Mm -hmm. it, it served a purpose. Like it got me into my life's work. I wouldn't be at all in this world at all, like at all. Um, and right. You know, that's what's so beautiful about this movement of women and us sharing and women's circles yeah. and lost circles and women actually opening up about their loss because we actually are in service to each other with this medicine. And, yeah. you know, and it's not by being isolated in our homes. It's by sharing yeah. with each other. Yeah. And I think like you said, most women are experiencing some mm-hmm. form of pregnancy-related loss in their lifetime. I'd say more than the more than half. Than not. Yeah. Um, yeah, more than not. And so uh, yeah, I think I think that's notable, and I also I hear you, right? Like, like oh, it's all good because everything's a lesson. Not to say that that doesn't have validity or that's like wrong to go there. And in some ways, that's what I'm suggesting too. I'm suggesting is like it, there is a purpose, there is a lesson. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think there's like this bridge that's necessary, right? It's like like you named your own postpartum struggles and how that was like that struggle was this bridge that mm-hmm. that as you walked along it as you experienced the intensity of what that was on the other side was this um was this passion and this newfound purpose that was that evolved and developed and i just think it's important to kind of be grounded in this approach when we're talking about struggle or losses lessons because it can come off as insensitive or like yeah. Like push, it can be um, a, a white shadow tool for like wiping something under the rug or like sweeping something under the rug. And I think there's something, right. there's something different in, like I was suggesting in my own journey, like these kind of 
messier moments or these darker nights of the soul or these like moments of facing the metaphysical depths in our life that I would say are more or less a a requirement. But I, I say that with a lot of gratitude in my heart, like we get to move through these as we are discovering our destiny and greater purpose because it's not being modeled because it has to be resurrected. Um, Mm -hmm. Because, and that's that Trinity piece I spoke to earlier, like birth, death, and resurrection. So, and I think in order for us to embrace death more heads on or in a more celebratory way, or perhaps even in a more like holistic way of understanding that um, what if death is not the quote unquote end um, or what if, what it what about that third piece of resurrection and touching with our eternal natures and i think that's what i'm really suggesting like a pregnancy loss is pointing toward often is um and i don't i don't say that lightly or i don't like jump to that so quickly when i'm working with someone you know it's it's actually like probably the last thing i would say but it would come likely it would come in a in a very unique configuration to that person but what i see time and time again is that's like the themes like okay it's there's there's life okay we're talking about pregnancy loss so this is very concentrated in the realm of like there's life we've danced with creation we've created that spark that light then it is gone and what is it pulling us toward or what is it invoking within us, right? It's to see our own central flame. But in order to see our own central flame or to activate our own destiny, what I'm suggesting is we have to face those metaphysical deaths that lead to a resurrection now yeah. more than ever. Or because we're not living in an enlightened society, because this is not like an activated golden age, <laughs> um, but maybe yeah. the return to that. Um, Mm -hmm. then like we are all of these sparks of light and we are all being given the initiations we need or the boulders we need or the struggles we need or the loss we need or the death we need or, you know, the intensity or the the amount of friction we need Mm -hmm. in order to forge those diamonds in order to, in this dense, very concentrated 5D world or 3D world, (laughs) um, five sensory 3D world, um, reconstruct or reintegrate the truth of who we are um, and resurrect the light that we are. And so I think that, yeah, pregnancy loss is particularly unique in this configuration because as I mentioned, it's like all within such a concentrated period of like life, death. Wow. Yeah. And I think without the third, I think without that, that puzzle piece of resurrection, what is the point? I think without that, it is often just suffering and loss and, and, and we feel punished or like betrayed by maybe society or ourselves or our partners or like, why, why, why can they conceive, but I can't, why can they have life or bring life or have this joy and happiness that I feel I will never know, or how far do we go to create it? And I think a lot of women are in that trap or struggle of like, I want this so bad and when do I walk away? Do I walk away? Uh, how much loss do I incur, you know, or, um, why, why do I even want this? It's fascinating. Uh, it's such, it's such a path of the like spiritual warrior to, yeah. to really show up and, and delve into that. So yeah, hopefully yeah. you can, you can kind of figure out what the message is before having to endure so much. But again, there's no, right. 
there's, there's no, no right or wrong. There's no yeah. right or wrong. So it is. No right or wrong. Yeah. The message is going to get to us eventually, but right. sometimes, right, we have to get like really hit over the head a few times. And I'm totally, totally subject to that. Like, right. Like, oh, we yeah, hear the whispers too. or like, you know, it's, but it's not until shit hits the fan that we're like, oh, something needs to change. Um, mm-hmm. Which, you oh, know, and or like, like how many times do you have to have that happen? Like I definitely <laughs> right. have that. Where it's like, okay, I think like in life, time, yeah, yeah, in life. Yeah. Like this time, I'm actually ready to do the work because I'm over this bullshit. Like I don't want to have to go through this again. All right. Like um, okay, I'll yeah, learn I mean, the lesson. It's to everything. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I know. I think the way that I've really come about like deepening into this in my own journey is understanding that like quote unquote God or like air quotes, God or the powers that be or creation or the origin or great spirit, you know, however we connect to it. Um, that cosmic energy is, is what, um, uh, not only we have to keep in mind, I think that or at least for me, this is served to keep in mind that it's not only that the frequency or energy or consciousness that removes the boulders, but it is also the consciousness and energy that places the boulders mm-hmm. on our path. And mm-hmm. because we live in the 3D world and there's such an emphasis on duality, good, bad, right, wrong, yes, no, left, right. You know, it's, it's, um, it's really quick. We're really quick. I don't know that most of us get to this place, but it can be really quick to really identify and like, again, like it has more of like a victim consciousness. Like when there's a boulder, when there's a struggle, like what's wrong with me? Why am I not good enough? Like if it's, there can be a lot of victim swirl. And it's just a, it's a really different template. It's a really different shift to come into that awareness of, oh, this boulder has been placed here because A, it's carrying a message. It's, it's helping me to remember. It's helping me to awaken and heal within the dream. It's not a punishment. It's not because I'm not good enough or worthy. It's not because I'm never going to get there. It's just what's happening right here, right now. Like, how do we neutralize? How do we neutralize when the boulders arrive and when the, or, or if there's loss or if there's something that doesn't go the way we planned, or, you know, and, and recognizing that that consciousness is, is that cosmic consciousness that is not, yeah, punishing us, but is inviting us deeper into the mystery of why we've come. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that really changes, that really changes everything. Mm-hmm. It does. Mm-hmm. And again, coming back to that mantra of with grace or mm-hmm. in grace, you know, mm-hmm. of really, mm-hmm being present and I'm, I'm wearing the sweatshirt, which I'm currently wearing every day, which says, <laughs> and so it is, which just helps me. Like, I love this mantra of like this, like life is fully in session. Like this is what's happening. You know? so, um, the good and the bad and everything in between, you know, it's yeah. just like, it is. Yeah, so it let's is. like do it. Let's just be so, it and do yeah. it. Yeah. Um, oh. God, yeah. thank you so much. I mean, I feel like, <sighs> That so actually fun. is kind of a nice closure. Yeah, um, so too. But I would love to have you on again because I already have little <laughs> other side <laughs> questions and topics that have been oh, brought, to the, <laughs> brought to the top. I just so respect the work you're doing and you as a woman and a mom. Thank and you. thank you so much for your work oh, and your service. Thank you. It's incredible. Oh. And mm how do I learn these things from you? Like, how do I sign up? What are you offering? How, do, how can we figure out what you're offering? How do I, how do I organize this in my world? I, yeah. yeah. So 
I think, thank you. My heart is so full. I'm so happy to be sharing with you and connecting with you. Of course, I think this conversation has been really powerful. And thank you to everyone who's listening in today or joining in the future. I just really um, value that we can all connect through the ethers and and find our own truth within these greater cosmic truths. And so, yes, as a as a guide, I work in many capacities. I do have a um, like a. a oh, how do I just be very succinct and clear? I work with people one-on-one through sessions, 90-minute sessions or mentorship containers. Uh, I'd say the majority of my clients are certainly kind of like quote-unquote spirit baby related. Um, but what started to emerge was like women who are just on spiritual awakening paths. And maybe that was certainly stimulated through their journey with pregnancy or loss or becoming a mother um, and all the rest of it. So I find the childbearing years to just be absolutely like my core focus. And then what is often naturally forged from that is a lot of transformation. And so many of my clients were like, well, I don't want to have another baby, but I do feel like I need to work with you. (laughs) Um, and so I started, um, I have two other programs. One is called Rebirth. And it actually starts in April and goes through December. So I'm just closing a cycle and it's a nine month rebirth journey that like women on a spiritual journey, we have some one-on-one sessions each. We have group calls every month and then we do an optional retreat. And then I have another program for birth keepers, specifically those who are called to the doula path. And that's just called Doula Thrive. And it's a 13 month mentorship where we're really looking at what is it to hold space and guide women and couples through or birthers through um, the these transformative years of the childbearing years? And, uh, and so it's a dual certification course in birth and postpartum. And the next cycle begins in March. Um, and the, the fall cycle starts in every September. And so Doula Thrive Rebirth or one-on-one work is probably... One of those avenues is the best way to work together at this point. Yeah. Amazing. And yeah. that, is that all on our website or through it's Instagram? It's all on my website. You can absolutely DM me to Instagram at Sarah Naya Soleil. Um, and, and I have a new Spirit Baby communication website launching in the early months Ooh. of 2020. Amazing. <laughs> We're almost there. Oh do you God. do um, mentorship with learning how to do that? Uh, yeah, so that will absolutely come. Um, it's, uh, I think I'm really on the brink of it. I, I think I have like four books I want to write and I take them into Egypt and I don't know. I'm kind of like, oh, Oh, that was one of my other questions. Okay. That's what we have to, next time it's motherhood. Yeah. Okay. Cause that was in my notes to ask you. Oh my God. Egypt. So I was like, what is this? This looks mystical and magical. And like, there's a real big explanation. There's a real big explanation. It's otherworldly. That is another conversation. But I will say there are currently four spaces left for the journey I'm taking in January to Egypt. Um, It's like swiftly. Yeah, it's like next month. Um, Exactly one month from today. Yeah. 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 Wow. Wow. Yeah. Okay, so cool. four spaces left. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. Beautiful. So okay. Cool. okay. Well, maybe I can manifest that for the following year. Yeah. But you got, I yeah. mean, you're doing so much. And you have two kids? I have two kids. I have a 13-year-old and I have an eight-year-old daughter, a wow. 13-year-old son. And uh, something about this 13th year, I won't give the story now, but I'll just say briefly, like 
my biggest awakening, or I would say the beginning of the end, (laughs) happened for me in the middle of giving birth to my 13-year-old son. And so that was, as you can imagine and calculate, that was 13 years ago. And Doula Thrive starts, um, at least in this current incarnation, Doula Thrive in September started on Friday the 13th. And in March 2020, it also starts on Friday the 13th. And there are 13 women in each cycle. So there's, I mean, the mystic, the mysticism, the magic, the the alchemy is full blast. Um, and, uh, and life is, life is a, is a carpet, magic carpet, for sure. Amazing. And aren't there 13 new moons? Is that right? Uh, There are. We bleed generally. We bleed 13 times a year. Yeah, Friday the thirteenth has long been held as a, a very sacred time and powerful. Uh, uh, it's it's my like good luck day. I love Friday the thirteenth, the best. And we're yeah. having one this month, December twenty nineteen. Uh, we're having Friday that's the thirteenth. Right. Yeah, that's right. Because yeah. December twelfth is my ten year wedding anniversary. Oh wow! Compl- yeah, wow. So, I know this it's a, gonna be it's potent. a completion. I know we're gonna do a like a little private oh. uh, ceremony. Yeah, with our girls. Beautiful. So, oh, wow. I love, Congratulations. I hadn't thought about the Friday 13th. Yeah. Amazing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you so yeah. much. You're just oh, such you're a bright welcome. light and oh. you've given me lots to think about. <laughs> Good. And, um, yeah, I will be oh. reaching out to you more soon. But thank you. Thank you for taking the time. Oh, I know my you pleasure. have a very full schedule. Yeah, my pleasure. Jay Ma. 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 J